This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Cesiaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 8th of April. In your Squiz today, China's Uyghur briefing, an election stalemate in Israel, cyclones collide off the West Australia coast, and Vale Tommy Radonikus. This is your Squiz today. It's not every day, Claire, that the Chinese embassy in Canberra invites the Aussie media in for a briefing, but yesterday Ambassador Chung Jin did exactly that. He threw open the doors to deny claims that China has persecuted Uyghur Muslims and other minority groups in the region of Xinjiang. As you say, quite an extraordinary thing yesterday. What the ambassador wanted to do was combat disinformation, he said, about his government's treatment of the Uyghur Muslims and other minorities in Xinjiang. He called claims about atrocities cities in the region distorted and showed a propaganda video that was called Xinjiang is a wonderful land and it had lots of pictures of women dancing and stories about how life is great in the region. Human rights advocates and media reports claim that more than a million Uyghurs have been sent to concentration camps where they've been brainwashed, tortured, made to work in factories and some young women have been forcibly sterilised. But verifying those facts, Claire, has been really difficult because China won't allow access to the camps. Yeah, that's exactly right. But there have been plenty of uh, reports from survivors, uh, also very deep media investigations and leaked government documents that show that those atrocities are happening in that region. What China says, though, is that the camps are for re-education. They say that it's an opportunity for people in that region to be trained in work, including work in big cotton factories. Yeah, and this issue was pulled into focus earlier this year when the US said China was committing genocide. That, of course, didn't go down too well with China, which has consistently denied the claims. And also unhappy with China is Taiwan, after it spotted Chinese drones circling near its part of the South China Sea. Taiwan's foreign minister has warned they may be shot down if they come too close. Yeah, there's been escalating tensions in that region for quite some time, but particularly this year with China really getting more aggressively in Taiwan's face. This week's escalations of drones in that airspace, also China's deployment of aircraft carriers uh, and continued flights into Taiwan's airspace really sees that tension escalate. What that foreign minister, Joseph Wu, said yesterday today was that if Taiwan was to shoot down that drones, they know the consequences, then that it could spark really quite a serious conflict. Yeah, the Chinese government sees Taiwan as a breakaway territory that will eventually be part of the country again. The two have a very complicated history, but luckily we have a shortcut out today to help make sense of what's going on. It's in your episode notes. To COVID now, and after weeks of investigations, the European Medicines Regulator has found a possible link between the AstraZeneca vaccine and rare blood clotting issues. It says it should be listed as a rare side effect on the vaccine. Yeah, there's been quite a bit said about this link and possible consequences of blood clots from that AstraZeneca vaccine. What that study has found by the European Medicines Agency is that the blood clot link is plausible, but it hasn't necessarily been confirmed. 
uh, and that cases are very, very rare, keeping in mind that 200 million people have been vaccinated globally with that AstraZeneca jab, uh, but there are only a handful of cases given those big numbers. Yeah, it's up to individual governments to make up their mind about what to do with that finding. The UK's advisory body for one has said that under 30s should be offered a different vaccine. We can probably expect a response from our health officials later today. Israel's general election last month failed to determine a clear winner, making it the fourth inconclusive poll in two years. Now the country's caretaker prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has been tasked with forming a coalition within the next 28 days. It's a feat, Claire, some say will be difficult to pull off. Really difficult to pull off. It's an incredible repeat of what's already happened in the past couple of years. Uh, And as we know, because we've been through this a few times, and Israel particularly has been through this a few times, that it's going to be very difficult for Netanyahu to make that coalition. Uh, The issue is that even though he only needs nine members of that parliament to come to his side, uh, once you get a couple here, then you're actually putting a couple over there offside. So they're very difficult groups of people to pull together. Yeah, and all of this is happening at the same time Netanyahu stands trial for fraud and bribery. If he fails to pull together a coalition, someone else will be handed the task, which means a fifth election is not off the cards just yet. Claire, we've had plenty of strange and wild weather across Australia already this year, and now experts say a rare weather phenomenon could form off the West Australian coast today or tomorrow. It's called the Fujiwara effect. Fujiwara. I really like a good (laughs) meteorological term, but I haven't heard that one before, I have to say. And it's quite incredible when you see the meteorologists talk about it. Apparently what happens is they don't actually sort of form a big super cyclone. What happens is these weather systems sort of circle each other with one system weakening the other. And that's exactly what's happening off that Western Australia coast potentially uh, today or tomorrow. So uh, good news is, though, that won't happen over land. It's expected to stay off the coast. That tug of war between the two systems does make it rather tricky to predict, though. So authorities are warning those living in the Pilbara and Gascoigne regions to be prepared. There are few people in the history of rugby league, Claire, that are as colourful and beloved as Tommy Radonikus. He played more than 200 games with the Western Suburb Magpies and Newtown Jets, and he represented both New South Wales and Australia. Yesterday, Claire, he died at the age of 70 after a long battle with cancer. Probably one of his crowning achievements was that he was the inaugural captain for New South Wales in the first State of Origin match that happened in 1980. Just say quite a colourful character. It's interesting to see in the coverage this morning. Uh, Lots of analysis, uh, really, that he was probably one of the toughest and roughest players on the field. Uh, He would bite, he would fight. He would tackle very, very hard. He really played a very hard game of rugby league, but he somehow became this sort of patron saint off the field and colourful is definitely one way of describing him. Yeah, the chair of Australia Rugby League Commission, Peter Volandis, described him as one of a kind. He said there'll never be another Tommy Radonikus. 
Finally, Claire's quiz the day. Today marks the anniversary of the deaths of Spanish painter Pablo Picasso in 1973 and the UK's former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher in 2013. Mm, there are a couple of people that probably didn't have a lot in common, no. I would have thought. <laughs> but um, also uh, what any sport fan that likes a bit of golf will be looking out for, it really is the day of days. It's the kickoff later tonight, Australian time, of the US Masters in Augusta. Yeah, I don't know much about golf, Claire, but I know two great people who do, Greg and Gemma. (laughs) They're the hosts of our weekday sports news podcast, Sport Today. If you're interested or if you know someone who might like it, let them know, spread the word. It's out each weekday from 7am and you'll find a link to it in your episode notes. And on that note, that's all from us this Thursday. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back again tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.